Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then, Judy discovered ChampaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now, Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Thanks for downloading this podcast from Love Sport Radio. For more, go to LoveSportRadio.com for all the latest podcasts, news and views or for more, follow us at Love Sport Radio on Twitter. Hello and welcome to the Spurs Fan Show here on Love Sport Radio with me, Johnny Burrow and Jamie Brown from the Daily Hotspur and Lee McQueen from Last Word on Spurs. Gents, it's been a very good week for Spurs. Spurs players in international action, Harry Kane scoring for England, the first test event for the new stadium, so lots of excitement there. And yet the biggest piece of Spurs news has on paper nothing to do with Spurs at all. This news today that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has been appointed Man United manager on a permanent basis on a three-year deal. Why could that be relevant? Well, I think... It doesn't well, is it relevant? Some of these uh, major media outlets. Yeah. <laughs> what that? Why that's relevant? I think. Look, at the end of the day, after seeing Pochettino's passionate speech on the on the pitch at, at the halftime at the test event, it was kind of clear that you know he is absolutely delighted to be here. I think his future was always going to be at Tottenham. So for me, I was never concerned that he, he was going to go elsewhere. I always knew he was going to see the job through at least until next season. So. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. Doesn't bother me the news, but yeah. it's fantastic evening, everyone. Evening, uh, listeners. Um, I think it's fantastic news for Spurs because the speculation can be put to bed essentially. Yes. And, I, and I love your faith. I have to be honest. I, I was thinking at some stage, this media bandwagon of uh, yeah. Poch going, and you know, obviously you're going to hear it in the next couple. I'll, I'll say it now, so everyone can tweet about it if they fancy it. Um, in the next week, Poch will be going to PSG. Uh, because that's probably the only type of super club left that can be maybe a, exactly, which is why I made the connection. Like he used to play there, didn't he? So um, no, I don't. Know. I think it's, it's fantastic. Good luck to him. Good luck to Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. I think he's been brilliant for Manchester United since he's taken over. Um, and uh, yeah, good luck to uh, to Tottenham Hotspur because la- last weekend was uh, was absolutely fantastic, mm. and I cannot wait. I'm, I, literally, it's like Christmas for me. I cannot wait because I didn't go last week, and I'm going on Saturday at NIA. 
cannot wait. So it's the Legends game on yeah. Saturday coming up. Is there anyone in particular you're excited to see? There was a little bit of hilarity in the office earlier because the list of legends goes, you know, sort of Robbie Keane, yeah. Dimitar Berbatov, David Ginola, Sebastian Bassong. And you just think, what? Uh, yeah, Chris Perry. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I mean, I... I I'm buzzing for Klinsman. I think we said it last yeah. last week on the show. I'm buzzing for Klinsman. I'm buzzing for Darren and we talked about it, whatever. But the big story this week for the legends is Paul Gascoigne, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it'll be very interesting to see whether... I'm, I'm sure it'll only be a small cameo, but what a moment that'll be. Um, seeing, him, seeing him run out onto the pitch for, for another time. But yeah, I mean, he, he looks like he's probably proper training for it. So... Um, yeah, it'll be very interesting to see whether he does get involved. But um, as I said, very special moment if it does happen. Very special moment. Pochettino will be there. We know he was there at the weekend. He actually met Chris Cowlin, who can't be with <laughs> us. Unbelievable. Chris, Chris is dining out in that now. That's it. He's, not, he's, he's deserted <laughs> us tonight. Where are you, Chris? He's, he's around Poches. He's around Poches having a cup of tea. And, and a uh, cheese board. And, and talking, uh, <laughs> he's definitely having a cheese board, without a doubt. And actually, just on that note, as, as I may, when we're just kind of, uh, you know, I know we're going to get into a lot of detail about the running order and all that sort of stuff, but... Um, I just want to say a massive shout out to uh, to to the boss, to Ricky Sachs, because he hasn't mm. been on air for a couple of weeks, and he's got a lot on his plate at the moment, uh, preparing for his wedding and all that sort of stuff. So uh, we're holding the fort with yep. uh, with yep. Ricky. He ain't gone anywhere, listeners. So don't, so don't worry too much. And uh, you know, shout out to the boss, and also to the Oracle. Yeah. Um, as everybody uh, knows, the Oracle Jace is is also. Um, a massive part of the show, and uh, and uh, with him and Ricky uh, built, building the show, and uh, he's been doing lots of uh, um, work at the moment on his on his business, uh, getting that uh, that up and running and all that sort of stuff. Um, so yeah, they, they'll be back over the next couple of weeks, um, I'm, I'm sure. So I just wanted to, you know, we are filling in a, essentially, but. I think we're doing all right, aren't we, Johnny? I, I think we're doing a decent job. Yeah, no, Ricky, fantastic stuff. Really, really strong show plan. As ever, knows what he's doing. And it's good news off the pitch for the Spurs fan show as well as on it because obviously wedding bells soon to be heard. That is a great wedding present for him, though. The fact that Pochettino will still be in charge. It, it is, but he's getting married when we kick yeah. off against Man City. So he's having yeah. a shot. Yeah. actually... <laughs> Yeah, so, so we're going to have to try and work out like a time where we'll be able to watch the match. Yeah. We'll everyone, will be glued, everyone will be glued when yeah. they their phones or something on the, yeah. on the offside. I mean, just uh, talking about the kind of the uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer um, as a permanent manager and the kind of, you know, all that speculation. I, you know, I did put out a bit of a rude tweet. I don't normally swear or, 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 or be rude or whatever on social media and stuff, but I, I did want to do a big, a big finger to the rest of the big <laughs> yeah. media outlets because I was, I, you know, it feels like that. I'm going to use the word. It feels like that that we can be bullied. Like Tottenham mm. can be be bullied. Oh, he's definitely going to go. He's going to a bigger club. Manchester United. No one says no to him. Well, actually, we don't know. Let's speculate. Why not? But yeah, he did say no to them. But we don't know if he did or not. But he did say, say no to Real Madrid last year, by all accounts. And now he's mm. done the same thing potentially with Manchester United. And that's that is a measure of the man. The yeah. guy that we've got in charge of our football club isn't is. He's just pure class, absolute pure class. As you say, he's doing a great job. He's one of the most highly rated managers mm. in world football. He has said he wants to stay at Spurs, which is great. But whether he has rejected United, rejected mm. Real Madrid or not, it doesn't necessarily mean they wouldn't come calling again. It doesn't mean mm, he'd true. say no the next time. And I was interested, Jamie, right at the beginning of the show, you used the phrase, finish the job. For Poch at Spurs. I was wondering for you as fans what that actually means. How long does he mm. need to stay for? What does he have to achieve? 
So I, I have been saying that I've always felt he is here for the long term. And for me, Pochettino has always been a manager that is a project. And he, he fits that so well because he's such a great coach. So he can develop players, develop a team. And that's why I feel Spurs is the perfect club for him because it's a club that is kind of on the cusp of, of achieving something great and it's a club that's capable of getting there but at the same time it would be amazing if we were to win one of the major trophies the, the, the Premier League being one of them so I think that for Pochettino it is the perfect club for him it's absolutely perfect club for him and um, and just going back to the other earlier point I think as I said seeing it at half time gives such a passionate speech waving to the south stand you're like oh my goodness this guy was born to manage Spurs and I, I do genuinely believe that I've always had confidence that he's going to stay and seeing him on the weekend was just brilliant I, I, I agree with you on the um, on, on the you know the, the setup at Tottenham Hotspur I mean somebody posted I, I should give him the credit I'll find it in a break but somebody posted the training ground um, and I think it was Allison actually um, uh, over at Spurs but uh, somebody p- uh, posted the training ground and the stadium uh, pictures uh, side by side and you just look at the facilities that we've got going on in our world now you know, Chris said it on this very show last week. He said, "When a player, we talked about Christian Eriksen, weren't we?" And he said, "You know, when a player comes into that new stadium, you know, mm. they're going to want to sign for us." And you know, not that you were skeptical, Johnny, but you sort of challenged them on that. Said, "Really, is that going to make a difference if you're getting three hundred grand a week?" But you know, you've gone into that same training facilities, the mm. way that the club is conducting itself. We're under no illusion here, and and all of our listeners, I don't think, are in the, in the We're not a super club yet. We're not a superpower club no. yet. We're not. But we're striving to be there. And no one can disagree. Well, you can, because football's about opinions. But you can't really disagree that mm. what we've been doing and to build what we've built off the pitch is utterly world-class. So it can only put us in, in, in good stead, can't it? Absolutely. And Chris's point last week has been, to an extent, proven to be a very good one. Because we saw on Toby Alderweireld's Instagram in the last mm. couple of days, he tweeted a photo of what looked like the pitch in the new stadium, probably the view from walking out the tunnel, with a caption to the effect of, this is absolutely wonderful. And then with the line, so much more than I was expecting. So, nice. you so know, nice, he's yeah. looking at it and going, well, hang but, on a minute. But, may- but maybe he's referring to the contract that's just been put, an extra <laughs> contract yeah, on the go. table. Which is actually so £800,000 a day. <laughs> well, you, we offered oh, you 131000 going to be fuming uh, right we now. Will be. He will be. <laughs> uh, especially for Toby. We put 130000 on the table for you, Toby. <laughs> now it's 131000 <laughs> Now, again, I, I think it's a fantastic point. And I think mm. that, you know, the guys are training there. Uh, yeah, they to, yeah. To, I think tonight is it no, they, well, so they train there they've been training there today so that's why uh, they've all been there so yeah, yeah so they've been training there today they've been walking out on that pitch through the tunnel or whatever for the first time Deli Alley it's taking their breath away and, and it can only mm. that can only be a massive positive for the club you mm. know a, a, a real what do they call it like a shot in the arm you know we need it right because let's let's get back to uh, Premier League matters you know the reality of the situation is we've got one point out of 12 so we need a bit of a shot in the arm a, a bit of a boost and everything that Pochino talked about in his press conferences in the run up to um, to the new stadium. I was going in. I was going. In. He said, "I want to get in there. I want to get in there." And clearly, I mean, you were there on Saturday, yeah. James. Proved right, no? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you hear all this stuff about it, how amazing it is. You see Chris Cowlins and, and the likes of updates um, every week. And honestly, when you go there for yourself, you really see what the fuss about because it really it it blew my mind. And I really was speechless. Um, I've been speechless trying to describe it. Um, 
just yeah surpassed all my expectations and I really and I, I said on the group chat that we have um, I don't think they could have done it any better um, another point I think it kind of got rid of all my worries that I had about moving into a modern stadium because I know there's a lot of criticisms whether you, you lose your identity mm. um, you might lose the atmosphere but there was a lot of very early so I won't go too overboard but there were some very encouraging signs that don't you don't need to worry about anything because it is such a fantastic stadium so it's all sounding like sunshine and roses for Spurs <laughs> which means I'm now, oh, I'm now legally required to stir the pot <laughs> I had the guys from the back of the nest podcast in on Tuesday so that's our palace fan show mm-hmm. seven till nine on a Tuesday of course they are the first team to visit your stadium and they were fully confident, and I mean fully confident, that they're going to beat you and then be on the wind-up forever. <laughs> they say, listen, we've got previous of raining on parades and we're just definitely going to beat them. Do you subscribe to that view? Well, I mean, I can't echo Jamie's comments on the stadium yet because I haven't been. So I'm saving myself for the, for the Legends game, which we'll talk about later on Saturday. But from the Palace perspective, I just, I've just i said on this so many times, and the listeners can pick me up on it, because they're, they're, I don't think we will lose in that new stadium this season to anyone like you know so and I and I and, and, I, and I'm confident that you know we've we've played one game here now if we can if we can count it and we won um so I, I'm, I'm very confident I think the atmosphere Jamie I'm going to throw that over to you and ask you this yep. when what was your what was your reaction like when you saw the the wall yeah right, the south stand kind of a third fall what yeah. was your reaction you know what um, so I mean I got there slightly late so I saw I saw lots of people in the wall and honestly my jaw hit the floor when I saw it it was really? honestly the most incredible sight I don't react like that very often I'm not a guy that sort of reacts to stuff sort of like that I, when I saw it I was just absolutely so what, blown away so what's that going to be like when it's mm. full oh, well, 17,500 people in exactly. there what's it what, what do you, I mean do you know what, the other the other thing that kind of struck me I mean I'm really going overboard here but I really do believe that what I'm saying um, when I heard the sound and it was something that was it 90 the twi- no sorry 29,000 people were there on yeah the yeah it's under 30,000 so that's, that's like half the mm. what the capacity is going to be and the noise was it was very impressive I mean, it was, you know, it's obviously not quite what it's going to be, but it's like, wow. You imagine 60,000 people in here, that's going to be very, very impressive what's, atmosphere. What's so strange about that as well is, you know, in the last season at White Hart Lane, we had half of the uh, South Stand moved because I used to sit where they, they cut it out. So I had to mo- uh, mm. No, in the North Stand, sorry, they had to move us, or whichever it was, I can't remember now. Um, and... Uh, and so our our capacity reduced from thirty six thousand and sixty five or whatever it was to thirty two, wasn't it, for the last yeah. last season? Yeah. And what we're talking about here is the stadium being half full at thirty thousand, still being impressive. Mm. That's basically the crowds that we've been getting yeah. forever. So it's so much to look forward to in that way. So to come back on the Palace side, <laughs> it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a route, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Were they talking rubbish? You can get in touch on 02087020558 or at Lovesport Radio on Twitter. And those crowds that Lee's picking up on are just for an under-18s game. And we'll be getting into that in more detail in just a moment. This is Lovesport. 
17-year-old J. Neil Bennett became the answer to a future Spurs trivia question after just 11 minutes at the weekend when he scored the first ever goal at New White Hart Lane. It Good finish. Great finish. Yeah. It would be very cool as well if he went on to become some kind of Spurs great and could say, listen, I mm. christened the stadium. I did great things in that stadium. It was a fantastic result. 3-1 for the under-18s against Southampton under-18s. So actually, they got a result that the seniors seemed to be struggling <laughs> with. Yeah. We're, we're trying to blank that one out. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, but was there anyone beyond that Bennett finish who stood out for you, beyond the stadium, but these kids themselves? Did anyone set the world on fire? I, I wouldn't say... I mean, there was obviously Oliver Skip was there, so um, he looked that well above that level. So that was, that was obviously promising. I haven't seen too many promising signs from him. Um, when he's kind of played for the first team but um, I thought he looked well above that level um, on the weekend so for me he really stood out um, Pochettino's son came on and that was a yeah. really what was very, he like? Yeah, see I, I'm not I'm, I'm not sure whether he'll make the grade but um, I think he seems like a decent player and, and, and well worth his place in the team but um, I don't know a huge amount about the youth team I have to admit that but um, from what I've seen on Twitter from kind of the experts they're all really raving about this team and I know mm that they're in a title race at the moment um, with Arsenal. So I, th- I do believe that there's something like they've got a couple of games in hand over, over the Gunners. So, um, yeah, it sounds very tight. But, what um, what yeah, position very... does um, uh, Pochino sample yeah, play? So I, I, I believe he's a winger. So, oh, OK. Because yeah. Poch was a centre-back, wasn't he? Yeah, so f- very different. But um, I tell you what, that was a very special moment, actually, when he came on because... Um, they announced his, obviously announced his name, substitute Mauricio Pochettino coming on for Spurs. That was a oh, he's no, called Mauricio. Yeah, he's, 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 I think it's pronounced slightly differently. I think he's called. It's not Mauricio. It, I think it's called Mauricio. Or yeah, something. well, it's, he's, it's, it's like, right. You know, so he's not gone for the full I junior. Did, yeah, yeah. I always find that a little bit embarrassing yeah, when blokes do that. Yeah, it's a bit odd. But somebody, <laughs> somebody will correct us, please, uh, guys and girls out there. Correct us of how what the pronunciation is. But yeah, yeah. It's, uh, but is he any good, or is this a case no, of I, I, them going? All right, you're the guy. Son, I, you can come along and play too. <laughs> I can't. I can't speak too extensively on him, um, but from kind of what I've heard about him and, and bits I have seen, I, I'm not 100 percent sure he'll make the grade. But um, I think what's what's interesting about that though, you talk about kind of coming back to the whole Oligon and Solskjaer piece and talking about you know was Poch ever going to leave? You know, like his son is embedded into the club. Yeah. He's playing for but, the under 18s. I take as your well. point. You know, that, that's just pr- another little that strand. Is pr- though, that's isn't it? pretty common. Yeah, so, yeah. so this happens the whole time with, um, mm. interestingly, lots of the United players' kids are at the City Academy because the City oh, really? Academy these days is much better. <laughs> yeah, uh, but it is a thing that clubs do quite often where they'll do it, where they might take a disappointing younger sibling of a signing, which was actually what Torgan Hazard was Oh, seeing. Hazard, yeah, yeah, yeah. As a okay, kid. He's now, of course, yeah, doing yeah. very well, but when Chelsea signed him, it was pl- basically... He played, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Belgium so there's a, there's a, there is another okay, guy in our, there's another guy in our youth team... Uh, T- uh, Timu Tainio's son so um, really? Ma- oh, Ma- uh, Maxio Tainio or something something like that so, he's, um, he's rocking up for a legend yeah game. that's so, probably I mean, why he's been confirmed that was um, it was disappointing actually because I, I think he was injured so um, that was that was disappointing not to have seen him and then a very special moment his dad coming out the next week um, another point I will make actually on, on the performance you can you can see a lot of um, similarities between the two between the first team and the under 18 so that kind of really feels like a, a thing that they've tried to integrate into the, so the whole setup. Like a conveyor belt. A it really does. Through. It really did feel like that, and and I did also see people, other people pointing that on Twitter. You can kind of see that just 
some similarities of the way they press, the way they they pass the move, pass him quickly. Again, it's very interesting. You know, it's a whole fabric of the club. Yeah. Um, and you know, we talked about the ground. Obviously, when we're still talking about that, and we talk about the facilities, talk about the you know the the youth teams coming through. Um, perhaps somebody would give us a call. Um, 0208 70 20 558 and talk to us about if you got if you know about the the youth team and stuff like that. But but what I love about that there's that common thread that kind of if you like that conveyor belt of talent raw talent coming through mm. and by the time they get up to the first team they already kind of know it's a little bit like what what England have done with St George's yeah. Park and what Gareth is doing with the youngsters coming through and yeah it's got very much a little bit of Man United flavour to that from from back in the early 90s and look how successful they were so I, I do think the future is um, the future's white, the future's Tottenham, but but you know we've got to pick up some points. I think uh, <laughs> uh, starting next Wednesday. Yeah, I mean, that, I think another point on the facilities. You now look at the facilities that we do have. Can you imagine of that ten years ago or so, or, or twenty years ago? It's just the the progression that we have shown under Enoch and Daniel Levy. It really. I don't know, it just, it, I just struggle to see how people can criticise them so much because we're in such a amazing position as a club. They've literally left us on the brink of achieving something amazing. If they were to walk out tomorrow, they've left the club in an absolutely incredible state. Yeah, it's, it's a great, great passionate point. And, uh, you know, we, we talked, I'd done some um, some crude figures last week, didn't I, if you remember. About I was very impressed. They weren't very crude. What was quite interesting, actually, I'd done a bit more research on, on, on that and the figures weren't actually that that bad or, or that crude as you say but c- coming in terms of I think where football fans and, and we're in the same boat all football fans a game of opinion but where football fans differ than, than kind of the reality of normal life and this is where people box football and oh it's not the same it's different you know where 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 else in, in, in another profession if it's you know in, in business for example would you expect mm. somebody just to walk in and just part with 300 million or five and just just burn it like what, what planet are we on in, in thinking yeah. that so the point i'm making is to be sustainable and you look at you look at chelsea now been hit with the financial fair play rule uh, um uh, rule man city uh, with with a transfer bugger. Yeah. man city have now got the same thing i'm not sure whether the city one's confirmed well but... the rules it's different rules that they're in breach of so yeah. with chelsea it's not actually a financial fair play thing it's about rules of signing under 18 oh, okay fine with city i think it's still only allegations but that yeah. is more specifically financial fine so okay so forgive me for that for for um for my uh stats not being correct but I was going to go on to say, Birmingham have definitely breached financial fair play. Birmingham have been done for it, and they've been done, and they've got nine points deducted. So the point I'm making is, to to be a sustainable club or a sustainable business, or even to have a sustainable relationship or a sustainable marriage or anything that's sustainable, sustainable marriage. Well, you know, <laughs> think about this. Think about where I'm going here, Johnny. Like you look at anything sustainable, it has to be able to work and have a balance, and that's what Daniel Levy. I that's what pray my girlfriend's not listening. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So you know, you know. I'm talking about a balance of where, where we go down football and drink beer and they have to, you know, put out of it. But no, the, the, all jokes aside, there has to have a balance and that's what that mm. sustainable factor is. So a Nink coming in and running the club, they're not going to, we already know, every Spurs fan on the planet knows that a Nink or um, Daniel Levin and, and the guys, uh, Joe Lewis is not going to just 
put 400 million in the club. No. They're just not going to do that because they run a sustainable business or a sustainable club. Mm. And what they've done is that, yes, they've got a, whatever you want to call it, they've raised the, the, the money against the stadium. They've mortgaged the stadium, right? Yeah. But but at the end of the day, it's it's all within the financial fair play. It's all within the rules of being able to do. And that's why I love what we're doing. And uh, we talked about this last week and I'll echo it again. You know, I would, I want to win stuff a hundred percent, but I would wa- rather win it the right way than the wrong way. You know, and that's that's a little bit like, would would if we're in the Champions League final, please make that happen. If we're in the Champions League final and Kane dives and gets a penalty, oh, we didn't re- uh, win it in the right way. You take a dive. that, Lee. but of course, no, of course, a hundred percent. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying that, but actually, in the wider picture, to be able to look at. The training facilities, the, the 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 stadium, the youth team—they're coming up, they're playing the football, the development of why do why does Tottenham Hotspur as a club get get a lot of stick for want of a better expression because they're developing their players? I think it's a complete opposite to that. It should be it should be rewarded, it should be applauded, it should be the way we should be doing. But but people applaud other managers for spending three hundred and fifty million and finishing sixth. Don't get it. Talking of the Spurs manager, I want to return to his son just quickly because our expert producer, Laurie, has informed me that Mauricio Pochettino's son is called Maurizio Pochettino, but it's spelt with a Z rather than with a C. And I also wanted to suggest that while he may not make the grade, there are other examples of managers' sons who have gone on to do good things in the game, even Argentinian managers. So Giovanni Simeone is the son of Diego He recently got a big money move to Fiorentina and is scoring quite a lot of goals in Italy. But the person who will really have pressure on them in terms of footballing legacy, spare a thought for Benjamin Aguero. So Benjamin (laughs) Aguero, right, is the son of Sergio. He's the grandson of a certain Mr. Diego Maradona and his godfather, obviously not genetically relevant, but still Lionel Messi. So good luck to you, Benjamin. (laughs) This is Love Sport. You are listening to the Spurs Fan Show here on Love Sport Radio with me, Johnny Burrow, and I'm delighted to be joined in the studio by Lee McQueen of Last Word on Spurs and Jamie Brown of the Daily Hotspur. Obviously, the big news for Spurs outside of the club today is that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has been named United's permanent manager on a three-year deal. Pochettino had, of course, been linked to it, but in terms of the Argentines' demands to the club, to Tottenham, to strengthen, for example, the playing staff or he'll walk. Do you think he might lost a little bit in negotiating power here? I'm not. I'm not always been fully convinced that um, it was kind of someone's fault. I feel as though the transfers have always been. Um, they've always been on the same page, Daniel Levy and, and Pochettino. I think it's just been a case of that Pochettino is very picky with who he signs. The right player wasn't available. And as we've mentioned, this new stadium, you know, there was so much money has been pumped into this new stadium. There were obviously going to be, um, we were going to miss out on, on maybe signing players. Um, so for me, it, it's never been about um, whether he's had, he needs the lever- leverage. I think it's just a case of... The um, leverage. Yeah. <laughs> nice, nice. I like that. The leverage. That's good. I think, it's, I think, it's, a good, I think yeah. it's a good question. I think that for me... We're, you know, heavily linked this week um, with Everton has been uh, as our right back, 20 million uh, for Kieran Trippier. That's been quite heavily, I know. And again, Jamie's just like, oh, please. So, <laughs> so there is going to be some restructuring around. I think what what one thing's absolutely clear, yes, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has got the job at Man United now, well done to him. 
But when you see Pochettino's comments on uh, on, on Saturday, I know Jamie, you were there, and a friend a friend of the show, uh, Paul Paul Coit or Coity, um, uh, interviews. He does all the halftime stuff and whatever, and all the post match stuff with Spurs. Brilliant, brilliant guy. When he interviewed Pochettino, uh, Mauricio uh, said this of Tottenham Hotspur. I got the same feeling on the last day when we left White Hart Lane. We were crying. And now the first day here at the new stadium, it's the same emotion. We are nearly crying. Just how important has it been for Pochettino as a manager during that time to oversee the club into the new grind? Bearing in mind that the, you know the, uh, the, all of the money and all that sort of stuff. Basically what you've just t- talked about there, Johnny, before. I mean, I think the quotes... Don't really do it justice when you see the passion, when you see what you said earlier, he's, he's waving at the, um, the south stand and stuff. He just, he was a proud, proud man, wasn't he? He ain't going nowhere. You really do have to see the video of, of how special the moment is that, as you mentioned, it's the, the waving at the south stand as if like, you know, this is my, you know, this is my 12th man. Um, so it really kind of felt a very significant moment in him coming in and saying all that. Um and I think it's just the case that he is, as I said, he's a project manager and he really has been the perfect manager to guide us through this new stadium because, as we've mentioned, the funds are always going to be very limited and the fact that he can uh, coach players, you know, the likes of Sissoko and, oh, cool. and, and how many different players have we seen. So, so what does he do now, players. Jamie? What, you know, from a restructuring perspective, mm. you know, United, they're probably going to rear the ugly head again with the, the likes of Eric Dyer or, you know, Toby Alderweireld and all this, they're going to want a piece of the action. But the reality is, what what do we need to do mm. in, in the close season? Well, I mean, I think, firstly, we probably need to get in the top four. Right? That's oh, an for sure. We have to make sure that happens. For sure. I mean, that, that's that's why that's always been so crucial in, um, in continuing this project and um, <clears throat> making sure that it can, um, we can really go on and, and challenge for the biggest trophies. But, um, for me, I'd like to try and see a better, well-rounded squad in terms of whether we are going to bring players in. I know certainly the full-backs areas, maybe another central midfielder. So maybe that's kind of the areas that I'd like to see strengthened in the summer. Um, and as I said, I think just getting a better, slightly better rounded squad. I just want to touch on the emotion in that Pochettino statement, the emotion in that Pochettino reaction to the stand, as you said, because I had the guys from West Ham in here yesterday. The guys from West Ham World on the West Ham fan show. You're not going to like this. No, no, the West Ham World. Is that, can they see the pitch from where they sit? <laughs> so I'm just asking that. So West Ham World, can you see the pitch? I yeah? think if they bring a telescope. Uh, and they're, they're with us from seven till half eight. And they had seen on Twitter and obviously it's been shared broadly this Spurs fan mm. who walks into the new stadium and starts weeping. I, break, I reckon that'd be me on Saturday, oh. Johnny. Oh, I'll be honest but, with you. But I I mean, I'm interested me. about this. I'm not in any way, shape or form having a go at him for doing that. I think we're rightly getting towards a place as a society where men can cry and yeah, show their emotion. Sure. It's a massively important thing. But the West Ham line was certainly come on mate, it's only yeah. a stadium. What are we saying? So for me, I, I actually experienced what it was like to be there. And as I mentioned, I'm not someone that reacts to sort of stuff. I don't get emotional, but it was like, wow, this is absolutely stunning. And as I said, it really, you feel like White Hart Lane. And that's what that's what makes the stadium so special. And that, that's why I rave about it so much, because there's just so many aspects of White Hart Lane you can kind of see. As I said, it was kind of the perfect way they've done it. So 
it was it was very harsh of I think of Spurs official to kind of put a reaction out like that. But you know that's just the way it is. You know, it's I, a special I, stadium. I think it's fantastic. I love it. You know, I, I wear my heart on my sleeve. I think it's yeah. it's phenomenal to do that. And the rea- and the reality is, you know, we could have been in that London stadium. Can we? Well, they were also there yeah, was there exactly. was a few you know, sour dodge, grapes on dodge that. Dodge a couple of bullets there, didn't we? And the reality of the situation is, when our away fans, a little bit like the, oh. the the Palace guys, when they come and visit the stadium, they probably will raise their game. But we've had that with Wembley for the last two uh, two years, but they'll probably raise their game. But when they come there, they'll all be whispering to each yeah. other. No one will ever hear it, and it won't go on social media. But they'll be going, "My world." This is yeah. phenomenal. Yeah. And the West Ham fans will be the same. And the Gooners will be the same. And all <laughs> of them will be the same. And and I think we've we've made us... Look, people talk, everybody talks about making a statement. And, you know, it's a statement signing or it's a statement that they've won a trophy. Or it's just a, we haven't won a trophy. I get it. Like, you can you yeah. can fire that baton at me all day long. But neither of Liverpool. Exactly. So you can, you can keep firing that baton and mm. I can't do anything about it. But what I can say is that we have made a statement. And that statement, that stadium, is the best in the world. Yeah. Absolutely phenomenal place to play football. You Come mentioned on, you Arsenal there. Come on, you Spurs. You mentioned Arsenal there. Is that a potentially concerning example for you? Because the line that Arsenal fans were given for years and years and years, basically of austerity while the Emirates was getting paid for, where Arsene Wenger was doing a spectacular job of getting that club into the top four places with signings like Marrow and Shamak and four pieces of string... After that, the promise was always going to be that, listen, we'll have this stadium, we'll have the money not going into the stadium, so we'll create this wonderful Mm. squad of world-class players, we'll challenge for everything. For Arsenal, that hasn't actually been the case. Are you worried that actually the stadium, whilst it is certainly a statement, won't particularly change things on the pitch? Potentially. I think we have to be realistic at the same time. I do think even in this summer, there are still going to be limited transfer funds, so we have to kind of adjust the somewhat but I think the the difference is is that we've got a really fantastic young and up and coming manager who's full of really great ideas Arsene Wenger as much as I respect him and I think he, he was a, just a brilliant manager towards the end of his tenure you kind of he, he you know he, he was kind of losing not getting not not getting everything right that he was at the start he wasn't quite the same manager so I think that there I think that the, the, the difference is the two managers and I think Pochettino is going to take us forward I agree with you, and I think that there's there were, the the major difference is or was that Arsenal were winning trophies already. Arsenal were in winning FA Cups. They were winning Premier League titles. They were buying World Cup winners um, or, or having people in their squad for World Cup winners. So they'd already been on the on the trajectory of we are already here. Mm. And actually, when you're winning titles and winning doubles yeah. where else do you go from there there's there's there's, there's only one way you stagnate uh, and being brilliant which is fantastic or you start to go into decline and that's what they did now i'm going to pay homage to them a little bit like not too much right because it's Arsenal. <laughs> but from but but you have to with all the tribalism aside you have to look at i mean he got them into the champions league 20 seasons on the trot that money is absolutely critical to keep them in as a superpower in the, in the club. And I was just looking at my phone because I had a really good WhatsApp conversation with, with my lads, with a few of my boys, season ticket holders. And one of them we called Crouchy because he 
all right, Paul, how you doing? Um, he looks like Crouchy, right? <laughs> is he, he tall or he, is he just he, not blessed he, with good looks? No, no, he's, he's a good looking lad. He's a he's tennis coach, old Crouchy, but he's tall. He's tall as you, actually. You two could have a Crouchy off. Um, <laughs> anyway, the reason why I bring it up is he, he posed a question. I think it was uh, a, one of the, uh, I might have been on Sky or whatever over the weekend, said that um, Isco might be leaving Real Madrid and you could get him for 50 million, right? So the the question was, why can't we go and buy Isco? It's only fifty million. So we went on a bit of a, a, a situation that comes back down to the wages, which is every the point mm-hmm. that we was making uh, last uh, last week. Um, you on can the show. afford the transfer fee. You can afford the transfer fee, but you can't afford the wages. Is that exactly? And so we went on a bit of a um, a piece, and our current wage bill is about a third of our revenue. And um, when you look at our new stadium, it's set to double that revenue then we've got the NFL we've got all of the music concerts mm. and all of the stuff that we've been told it's going to happen in there whether some people might not like it and it's not traditional and that sort of stuff the reality is it's going to bring more revenue into the club yeah. which means that we will be able to grow our um players wages which is the biggest cost to any business I would say in terms of um uh, uh, overhead um people or staff or whatever players um and the the reality is Getting to the point in the Champions League that we actually are now is about 42 million. I think we talked about this last uh, um, 42 million euros last week. Mm. And in comparison, I think you get 9 million or something like that for the Europa League. So for every year that Arsenal are not getting in the Champions League and for every year that Spurs are, there's a massive gap opening. So when we talk about mind the gap, it isn't just... I know. (laughs) When we talk about mind the gap, it's not just about the points total in the league and it's not actually about how many trophies you won, how many trophies we won. We're actually changing as a football club and we're on the upward trajectory, which is what Jamie just talked about, as in we haven't got the trophies yet and I get that, but we're on the upward curve, whereas Arsenal were kind of on the downward. Spurs... that's the difference. That is the difference. Spurs, of course, looking to the future, but there is time to look back to the past. And at the weekend, it's test event number two in the form of the Legends game. This is Love Sport. You are listening to the Spurs Fan Show here on Love Sport Radio with me, Johnny Burrow. And we've got this Legends game coming up at the weekend with some big name figures set to feature. So we're hearing rumour... Glenn Hoddle, Terry Dyson, Chris Cowlin, Les Allen, Chris Cowlin. Chris, is Chris getting on the pitch? Uh, well, uh, he he's, dining, it. he's dining out tonight with Potocino, isn't he? So who knows what's going to happen? <laughs> Maybe you said, like, listen, I'm very, where does he play, Chris? I see him as a kind of right back. I was literally going to say right back. I'd right. say left back <laughs> in the dressing room. Very good. Very good. I don't know. I, I think he could do a job. Uh, so it is just Spurs legends playing against Spurs legends. Lee, I know you're going. Jamie, are you yes. heading yep. along? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So who are you most excited to see? And who are you least excited to see as well? Um, I'm, I'm personally, I'm very excited to see Rafael van der Vaart again. Oh, Obviously, it was so disappointing mate. the way he left. It was kind of just absolutely out of nowhere. Um, everything he massively he, regrets that as well, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, I mean, uh, everything he did for the club, you know, the way he celebrated against Arsenal, he just got it. He was that player that just, you loved him because he knew exactly what it meant to play for Tottenham Hotspur. Um, played with so much passion and I'm really happy to see him again at Wild Lane. I echo that. I think it's going to be a great, uh, a great afternoon or a great evening. Uh, I love the fact that Glenn Hoddle's coming back. Um, I know he won't be mm. playing or anything like that, but ultimately, after what he's just been through the uh, the turmoil, um, and he's come through that with flying yeah. colours, which is fantastic. Um, and also uh, guest appearances from uh, from Les Allen and Terry Dyson, of course, as well, and good old Cliff Jones, the mm. original Welsh wizard, uh, is uh, is going to be down there as well. So absolutely fantastic. I think the player for me. Um, uh, Klinsman, VDV, 
Um, but I, I want to see King. I want to see Ledley yeah. King. I don't think he's confirmed yet, but no. I want to see Ledley King. When you talk about Spurs legends, when you talk about where we was as a state of, of, of a club, and I don't mean that rudely to, to, to my old boss, to, to the boss man, uh, Lord Sugar, but through <laughs> um, uh, the playing days of where Ledley come through, to get such an absolutely loyal, amazing, one-of-our-own player to finish his entire career at Tottenham Hotspur and with all the knee troubles that he had and to lift the trophy yeah. with, through the barren times, he's an utter legend. And so I'd love to see him. So was Ledley King, and I'm, I recognise that I'm in serious danger for even asking Ooh. this question, was Ledley King really that good? Because you hear Spurs fans say, listen, had he been fit, he would have been the greatest English centre-half of all time. But you also hear fans of other clubs going, well, he didn't have any knees. We didn't have any knees. I think that's what made him even <laughs> yeah. better. I mean, absolutely craziness. There's what YouTube it after show, Google it after show. That tackle, oh, you know the one. I, I even know what you're going to say. You did that. Yeah, the Iron Robin one. Just... It is absolutely so t- unbelievable. Talk us through it. Well, he's come from uh, so Iron Robin in his prime. He's very, for, very nippy. It was very, very nippy. He's playing yep. for Chelsea, yep. right? Yep, yep. Um, he's f- he's through on goal when he's blatantly going to score. And Legley literally comes from. From nowhere, where it cuts him, so, uh, cuts uh, across him almost, mm. and takes the ball cleanly in the penalty. Area. He mistimes that challenge. It's, it's game over. He's red carded. It's a penalty and all that sort of stuff. It was it was an absolutely unbelievable challenge. I th- I absolutely totally agree. I think Lely King was. I have no doubt he would have been one of the finest centre halves, English centre halves of his of his generation. Certainly, he was absolutely brilliant. I think I remember bringing back to the point Chris made last week about. How um, you know he went up to Liverpool to support the boys because he was um, he, had, he had that. Um, oh, sorry, it was uh, it was me. Lee. So, <laughs> yeah, sorry, sorry <laughs> Lee. We've got to give Chris some sorry. credit. No, 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 yeah, <laughs> he hasn't done. I compl- um, and yeah, it was just, just yeah, yeah. So he, he did. He went up he on got. the bus and he and he played and he played for Liverpool. And that's how the story goes. And I don't tell it very well, but that's how the story goes. And uh, you know, in a perverse sort of way, I, I think his injuries done Tottenham a favour because, because he stayed. Because he stayed. Yeah, and, and do you I, think I, he wouldn't have done? No, I, I'm not sure because I have I have actually had the absolute pleasure of speaking to Ledley on a couple of occasions when I've done some events for the Tottenham Hotspur Foundation in the past, and he does seem like a, just a, he's a Tottenham man, like it is his club, and it is that is it. So he might he might not have, but like you said last week, Johnny, 300 grand a week, Christian Eriksen going around Madrid tonight. You don't know. I don't think he ever really got tested because people wouldn't go near him because of because of his knees uh, per, per se. But you know everybody else is lost because he was definitely our gain. And I'll tell you another one as well that you might you might know because of um, because of his England time. He didn't play particularly that much for England, but when he did, he made his full. I think he made his full England competitive debut against France. Are you going to say Jermaine Genus? Who are you going to say? He made it against France when we were absolutely outstanding and we lost in the last minute, I think, in the Euro qualifiers. Mm. If you remember, it was an, uh, I think it was a Steven Gerrard back pass and um, uh, Thierry Henry ran onto it and, and, and scored in, in late on. But he was magnificent in that game and I think he was playing as a central midfield player, you know, like in the Eric Dyer type role. Hmm. He yeah, got he 21 England caps, to yeah, be yeah, fair, so which is not 
bad yeah, for a man yeah. with serious injury problems. Easily could have got 60, 70 if he didn't have the injury problems. Mm. Uh, utter legend. So I'd like to see Ledley uh, get involved. Um, and he's only 38, so he's not thing, uh, you know, he's not even that old. I think, I think the other player that I'm really looking forward to seeing as well is Robbie King. Because the sad about Robbie Keane that when you when you look at him and his structure, and you don't look at him and go out and out goal scorer, do you? you don't look at him no. and think he's good. But he's a record goal scorer for a public violence, absolutely outstanding for us. And yes, he left to go to them lot up the road in terms of Liverpool and then came back. But he's been absolutely fantastic yeah. for us, and the celebrations, the energy. Again, I think another one that kind of gets the Spurs way. Yeah. It'd be nice to see them sort of bring out some of the, the old celebrations, you know, when, uh, Robbie Keane's, um, you know, cartwheel and, and guns. And then, um, Do you reckon he's still got that in the locker? Totally, yeah. <laughs> oh, Do you reckon the old yeah. limbs can handle okay, it? Okay, yeah, actually, yeah. Who knows? And then obviously Klinsman doing his dive. That'd be, yeah. That, that'd be a good one. It'd be great to see. But. I think the other thing that we need to kind of touch upon a little bit, and we, we probably did before the break as well, is, is, is Gaza. Because to, to see him uh, play in a Tottenham shirt again would be absolutely incredible. But I, I, I just wonder whether or not he's actually been, like... Mm, um, I don't, I don't com- yeah. Like, I'm not sure whether he's actually been confirmed that he's come. Uh, I mean, his Twitter feed definitely seems like he's come. He's training, he's got the, um, you know, running, he's got the hoodie on, and uh, uh, I think that the, the, the Ricky Villa as well. elite think, athlete. No, I think <laughs> Ricky Villa put a... Um, uh, Put the uh, I had a tiger music over the top of it, and it was fantastic. <laughs> but and I and I hope to see him. But um, I, I got to be honest, I've never seen a legends match, so I don't actually know how it works. And They're normally a quite. Is a it good, kind of like no. 10, 15 minute roll on, roll offs, or is it how's it work? It's very relaxed. Yeah. The, traditionally, the substitutions are very relaxed. They're kind of like a testimonial. So right, if you watch right. the highlights of Andre Pirlo's testimonial, mm. it's a star-studded eleven on both sides. They've got lots of subs, and it normally finishes about. 10-8 or 14-12 you know oh, okay. because they're all knackered the strikers are still at it in terms of finishing in a way that the defenders probably aren't in terms of pace and also there is an element of for example if Gaza is on the pitch people are going to let Gaza score a goal right yeah, it's yeah. not it's not there to be a hyper competitive yeah. fixture it's there as an exhibition it's there yeah, as a yeah. celebration and it's there as an acknowledgement of not just the stadium itself but the achievement that it represents current players will of course also be in action coming up because they'll be taking on Liverpool but they have also been playing for their countries this week and we'll be touching on that in just a moment this is love sport harry kane scored again for England. It was a penalty. Everyone knew where he was going to go. Harry Kane knew where he was going to go. The keeper knew where he was going to go. Didn't matter. But more significantly than just a Spurs player being on the England score sheet, he's been admired by a different England talent. And could this be good news for Spurs? Was that uh, you talking about Tammy? Tammy Abel? No, so the one one oh, I was no. talking about is Jaden Sancho. I'm oh. not sure if you've seen oh, this yeah, link, but there's sorry, so yeah. Jaden Sancho <laughs> has spoken of a special relationship between him mm. and Harry Kane. Do you think there's any possibility of him ending up at Spurs or then playing together somewhere else? Yeah, I mean it's it's always difficult talking very hypothetically, but um, maybe he'd be the guy if if Christian Eriksen was to leave. Whether um, you know, he got an offer from Barcelona or Real Madrid. We don't know. Um, I know he's a very different player and lots of people will probably have a go at me, but um, I, I think that Jaden Sancho quite possibly could be the guy to replace him. Um, I think if you look at the the front, the front line that that would have uh, for us, it would be San, Delhi, and Sancho. And that's, that, that, that just sounds very strong. 
couple of things on that. I, I, I agree with you. I, I think that, uh, firstly, Johnny, when you said about you know, another English talent looking at Harry Kane, I thought you were talking about Prince Philip. Uh, <laughs> when he's getting his MBE. Um, uh, no, I think that um, if you look at the way England are playing, actually, uh, Kane's dropping deeper to get the, if mm. you want to call them, false nine or inverted wingers or whatever hell you want to call them, Jordan, um, Sancho and, uh, uh, and Sterling... They 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 they're kind of playing them kind of inverted wingers and mm. Kane's dropping deeper. We all know as Spurs fans anyway because watching week in week out, we all know that not only is he an unbelievable number nine. I've got a record saying I think he's the best number nine in the world. Yep. He's also absolutely brilliant number ten. And actually, you could look at changing the system a little bit if an Ericsson goes and we can't replace him or whatever. Dropping Harry Kane into a ten and either getting another uh, a bigger strike or a number nine in there or playing this inverted way mm. and bringing so there is some there is some options I suppose is what I'm saying I'm not saying that I would do that regardless of what I would do because I'm not Spurs manager but but the but the reality is that you have got some different yeah. options here I think the other thing as well is that uh, Jaden Sancho is the sort of signing that Spurs could make because of what we talked about yeah. before. You know, like that, I, I mentioned it, didn't I, a couple of weeks ago and said, oh, a different, a lower level. And you was like, it's not a low level, it's just in a different yeah. you're, you're bang on with Sancho in the sense that he is exactly that. He's a talent who is already good enough to come in and play football, but he isn't world-class yet, despite having the potential to get there. I think financially, mm. Sancho might be a bit much. Yeah. I think Dortmund I, I, have so, gone on record and said yeah. 90 mil so, plus. Yeah, so they were kind of talking about the Dortmund... Um, um, sporting director came out and kind of said that even for the biggest clubs in the world, it's going to be impossible to get Jaden Sancho. So, as much as we would talk about it, I think it's um, yeah, as you said, I think uh, financially it's going to be very so, difficult. Which I mean, I don't know. I I don't see that. I think there's, there could potentially be a deal there. Spurs, I think most of the time you keep banging about the wages, but a Jaden Sancho wouldn't give you a, an issue with the wages. For example, you'd be able to get him into the, fit him into our wage mm. structure. So, like you boys just said, it could be the the actual fee itself. Mm. But when when you look at when you look at that with the area that we're shopping in, we're not we're not essentially going to be going to shopping Waitrose, are we? We're, we're going to be shopping in. Tesco's or Sainsbury's so 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 therefore so therefore what types of individuals are we gonna go and and, and get within them areas because you've got the Jack Grealishes and you've got the yeah. Again, I'll bring up another one in terms of um, international duty because uh, Gareth Southgate came out this week and said that Jack Grealish is not getting inside because he's not playing in the Premier League, which I thought was quite interesting because um, mm. Hudson Adoy is playing in the Premier League, but he's not actually playing in the Premier League, yeah. if that makes sense, but he's still picking him. So I thought that was quite interesting. But the reason why I bring that up is because we're heavily linked again with Grealish, which I think in the thick of it is that kind of Sainsbury's Tesco's type signing. And, and, and also on the back of that, Declan Rice because people were saying about Eric Dyer and, and he did get injured and that is a big concern for me because he was yeah. just coming back and he's got a big knock and I'm not sure he's going to be fit enough to play against Liverpool um, because he went off mm. limping but a Declan Rice I, again he would fit perfectly into. I'm not saying he wouldn't fit perfectly anywhere else but again wage structure and all that sort of stuff you could sign a Declan couldn't you? Yeah for sure I think if you look at the, the, the likes of players that Pochettino has worked really well with in the past it's young English players so I don't think that anywhere any of us should be turning our noses up at these sort of players. I think Jack Grealish, actually, I think a player that Spurs fans were kind of looking at in the summer and thinking, I'm not sure if he's good enough. I think he's been really, really good this season. I have to say, I was one of them, yeah. so I'm not going to say I was one of them. So I, he's I, not good yeah, enough, I, I was, actually, yeah. I, was, I, don't, I don't think he's good enough. 
I was kind of the same. I do. I've seen a, quite a bit of him in the championship this season. I really have been impressed, and I do think that whether he is that whole thing. If he had been another nationality, um, he would. I think. Uh, well, he could play for Ireland, by the way. That's that's Ireland Young Player of the Year, Declan Rice. <laughs> you, make, you make a you make a good point actually about, about that. And again, that, the whole kind of. Waitrose, Tesco's thing. <laughs> Other good supermarkets are available. They, they are available, <laughs> right? Like, so, you know, Ferrari versus BMW, for example. Both brilliant cars, but, you know, one's a Ferrari. So, so the point is that we're not shopping in the Ferrari market. We're shopping in the BMW market. And therefore, is that going to be good enough to, uh, you know, for the fans? If we go and sign a Jack Rich or, or a Declan... You know, is Declan Rice as good as signing as a Ndombele? Well, the argument the same position. The you know? argument for Pochettino yeah. will be it's not about the car, it's about how you drive it. But we'll be talking more about potential signings in just a moment. This is Love Sport. You are listening to the Spurs Fan Show here on Love Sport Radio with me, Johnny Burrow and Jamie Brown from the Daily Hotspur and Lee McQueen from the last word on Spurs. And I'm not sure if I'm delighted or disappointed that the cameras in the studio aren't on because some of the dancing that's been going on is either wonderful or terrible, Lee, depending on your worldview. You can't not dance to you. No, I just can't not dance to it. No, it's just the style of dancing. I was was very taken (laughs) with it. Dance moves, mate. I've got plenty of them in the cupboard. Don't you (laughs) worry about that. That's waiting for the new stadium, presumably. (laughs) Cheese board in one hand. Dancing with the other. (laughs) I don't even know what I'm doing at this point. (laughs) Lots of Spurs players in international action. And there's one specific goal, one specific moment I want to highlight. Hyun Min Son scored for his nation, South Korea, against Davinson Sanchez's Mm. Colombia. Obviously not a problem. You're playing for your own teams. But at one point in that game... Davinson Sanchez actually came across and removed did, Son yeah, from yeah. a confrontation yeah. with one of his teammates. So obviously, even when they're playing against each other, this Spurs link seems to be coming through. So Hyunmin Son was asked after the game about Sanchez. He said, Davinson, I'm really, really, really good friends with him. I'm happy for him. He's been playing an amazing season. Obviously, the team spirit is quite something at Spurs. And how much of that do you think is down to Pochettino? I, I think I think a lot of it. I think that not just Pochettino, though. I think it's his staff. I think Jesus has a massive role to play uh, in not that. Not just shouting at Mike Dean. Yeah, yeah, not just <laughs> shouting at Mike Dean. But again, I think. But again, you bring that up, and I think it's a good point as well because again, they're they're fighting for each other. Mm. Now that's absolutely massive. If you look at the, the likes of you know we've got Oli going to social all over our screens in 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 the studio today, uh, getting the new the new role. Look at Manchester United pre Oli under Jose Mourinho. You could say that he lost the dress and they clearly weren't playing from Pogba. Utter disgrace in terms of uh, taking all that money and not and not playing for the manager type type thing. You can't you can't. Uh, level that at Tottenham or any Tottenham no. player at all. You know, regardless if Toby Alderweireld leaves, if um, Christian Eriksen leaves, you know, it'd be very very sad days. But they have given absolutely everything yeah. for the club under under him. So I think it is Pochettino. I think it's uh, Jesus. I think it's the yeah. team. I think it's the. I think we talked about this last week. You know, the whole bubble that he creates yes. around that them them. And I think the last the last thing to do is is create us in that bubble to get us fans yeah. in that bubble to get us believing in the same way. You know, if you was to survey the fans, maybe we put it on Twitter, a Twitter poll. But if you was to survey the fans, how many of our fans actually think we're going to go to Anfield on Sunday and get a result? How many of them do you actually think they deep down believe it? They, they might even be. They don't want it ever back against your own team, but do, do, do they actually believe it? But do the, you deep down believe it? I, I, I believe it. 
I believe think, we can do it. Do but, you, but I get leveled, sorry, Jamie, but I get leveled as being like, you know, a happy clapper or whatever, because ultimately <laughs> I'm just optimistic. But I, I think we can do it. Yeah, I, I do. I do think over time, I think, as I said, this team is really someone that I've connected with very closely. Mm. So in all credit, I think that, that, that that's really great that we have that connection with the players. Maybe over time, um, and I talk when, over time, I mean the last, maybe the last season or so, we have kind of lost that connection maybe just because of, you know, we've been at Wembley, we haven't had any signings, we've had a very difficult time. Yeah, brilliant, we've got through that. So and it, it, there's a whole thing, I think Pochettino's kind of brought a whole ethos to Spurs of how everyone's so friendly. And I think that that's just, yeah, that, that plays such a big role in why we are such a great team. I agree. I think I think that you know it is a collective. I think that we the, the bubble that they built, we 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 need to be part of that as well. I remember. I don't know what year it was. I'm sure you'll you'll correct me, Johnny, because your football knowledge is probably better than mine outside of Spurs. But when um, when Roy Hodgson took the Fulham uh, team to the uh, Europa League Cup final, um, 2011 10? maybe 2010 oh, something not, I don't yeah. know a few few years back. I remember their motto, if you like, for that whole campaign was We Believe. And it was about belief. And, it, and they had big banners up. And look, you can say it's cliche. You can say it's cheesy if you want. We've got cheese room going But it on. worked. But it, but it worked. And that's the point. And I'm, I'm up for trying anything and having an open mind to, to make us get over the line. Because we want the same thing. Regardless of if we, you know... Uh, squabble with each other or whatever social media people have opinions but in the end of the day everyone will go I want to win a trophy I want to win the Premier League we all, say, we all want the same thing yeah. don't we well that's it it's, um, people will moan about the trophies but I feel as though at the moment we don't have quite have the squad we are long term we're going for the biggest and best trophies the Premier Leagues and the Champions League and to do that we need to be playing in Champions League football so that had to be the priority this season so Pochettino you know he's looking long term and and that's why he prioritised the Watford game perhaps over the, the, the Crystal Palace game in the FA Cup so it's things like that where you have to look to look forward a bit a bit more and, and realise that what Pochettino is doing. And in terms of this team spirit being so consistent there doesn't seem to be a troublemaker in that dressing room. There isn't anyone who doesn't mm. seem to be buying into the Pochettino vision, both on and off the pitch. Do you think he's thinking about that in his recruitment? And he'll be thinking about that in the summer. If he was offered a world-class talent, who was also perhaps a little bit of a Joey Barton, do you think he might go, you know what, you don't fit this ethos, this yeah. work ethic? Yeah, both both Jamie and I are gagging to answer that question. <laughs> well, um, you can, you so, both can. No, I mean, uh, uh, my, my take on that is a 100%. Yeah. I mean, 110% doing an apprentice. I'll give 120%. <laughs> no, yeah, what is the highest percentage you've ever given? Uh, I'll, I'll probably give a, one, a 125. <laughs> 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 no, I'll give it my all. Okay. No, I mean, I, I, think, I think the reality is that, yeah, definitely, because... You look at the people that he turfed out of the club when when he first mm. got there. I mean, Adebayo is an absolute brilliant example. Now you can say whatever you want about Tim Sherwood, but Tim Sherwood does actually deep down love the club, and he and he worked with a lot of the youngsters and so on and so forth. Just didn't cut it at the, at the at the helm, so to speak. But he had such a massive connection with Adebayo, and he got them doing the salute and all that sort of. So do you remember? And it was a, like a bit of a thing. And as soon as Potocino came in, he was like, "Yeah, um, I, I need to use Adebayo. I need to use Adebayo." But then when Kane come on the scene out of Adebayor because of his attitude and the kind of troublemaking piece that you looked at and there was a few players in that squad 
I don't know if I can remember a few of them. Maybe Bentaleb, maybe Adebayor, uh, maybe Kabul. Mm. Um, I don't know these these types of uh, these individuals that kind of they didn't have not mm. maybe troublemakers, but they didn't have the mentality yeah. that Pochettino wanted. And his recruitment one hundred percent has been around that. Do you know what? I, I a lot of people will blame Daniel Levy and and whoever in the summer for our failure to go and sign players. But for me, I think a lot of it actually comes down to Pochettino. Agree. And I say that I say that because I think he was very stubborn in in who he brought in. He wanted the absolute right player. That player wasn't available. Um, and and I feel he was like that because he didn't want to bring in a player for the sake of it and 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 risk. Um, ruining kind of this collectiveness in the squad by maybe bringing in someone that wasn't right. Serge Aurier had that kind of thrown at him a little bit, didn't he? Like when you know he was a bit of a troublemaker, yeah. lots of red cards, issues with his private life. I think well, um, serious, serious disciplinary problems yeah. at PSG. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. So, so, and, so there was a bit of a risk yeah. there, and, hmm. and people might also say that okay, he hasn't had massive, serious uh, um, uh, disciplinary problems at Spurs, which is obviously a good thing, but he's not also set the world on fire either. So maybe there's a bit of risk there. But but he has taken some areas. That's why I talked earlier about, you know, the fire in the BMW thing or the supermarket thing is because we are shopping in a different... In, 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 we have to do it in a different way. And I'm still absolutely adamant. I wonder whether Chris Callan asked him this um, when he met him the other, uh, last weekend, but... I'm absolutely adamant. The last game of the season, after the Leicester game, he came out and made them comments about, um, you know, we need to be brave and I come up with some wits, silly ideas and whatever he said that time. And lots of people, uh, including a lot of my friends and that, interpreted that as we must make loads of money signings. He did not mean that. That's not his philosophy. He hasn't done it. Yeah. And, and therefore, for us to go and expect... Here's the thing. Here's how I ran up on transfers. It's not my thing. It's Jamie's from transfers and, and Ricky's, not mine. But here's how I would sum it up. is that If if Tottenham Hotspur Football Club went out and spent £250 million on these big signings or £150 million on these big signings, Poch wouldn't be at the club because I don't think that is Poch's way. And what Poch means by we have to do something in a different way, but he means different to the other clubs because they're the ones spending mm. the money but we have to do it differently that's the, I don't know that but that's what my belief is because of the club is, is, is nurturing that talent I think you also look at sorry um, if you look at the likes of Moussa Sissoko and Juan Foyt I'll keep bringing these sort of players up where he's, he's, he's coached them um, rather than going out and signing maybe a, a very expensive central midfielder He's developed one in Musa Sissoko, so that that maybe that's. I mean, he was thirty million though, and but yeah. again, I get the point. You go back to this kind of this closeness and this togetherness. Musa Sissoko could never do what Musa Sissoko has been doing this season at Tottenham Hotspur if that closeness wasn't there, that belief. And anybody that's ever been managed, I'm sure there's loads of listeners out there who've got a boss or been manager. You think about your greatest ever boss at work. Like what? Why? Why was he or she the greatest person? Um, or your greatest ever boss and it would probably be something along the lines of they listened to me I gave them my ideas they allowed me to flourish I you know I, you know them sorts of things are the thing that they believed in me they gave me the confidence all of these things and that is the same things what Poch does to his players so in terms of that not wanting to spend the money that also ties in with something, Jamie, you've brought up a couple of times, which is his desire to only sign the right player and his focus mm. on getting the right player, both in terms of ability and mentality. With that, 
if he was offered the perfect player that he needed, say this summer, he's offered the right back who offers everything he needs going forward, the diligence tracking back, and he'll fit perfectly into that squad ethic, but he'll cost £75 million. Do you think he'd turn it down? I, th- I don't think so. I think we, if we had can, one of them. We sold him for fifty million. <laughs> if you can, <laughs> I'm sure if he can bring in the right player, I'm sure he'll go for it. I don't. I don't think that. Um, although, yes, he will, he does try to work under maybe a limited budget. In reality, will we will we sign a seventy five million pound um, right back? I can't see it happening. But um, I don't. I I wouldn't see him t- personally turning it down. But but bringing it back to where he's cautious and trying to sign the right player, I think. You know, how many players has he gone through that have been absolutely rubbish? You know, the likes of Janssen and Kudu and G. So he's got, you know, I'm sure that in that respect, he's also very careful in, in just going out and signing the right players. And that's a example of where you've got to be careful. I think it's also a collective. You know, we're talking about democracy at the moment with the whole Brexit crisis going on. And I think it is a bit of a democracy or it's definitely a collective at Tottenham Hotspur. It's not, it's not Maurizio Potticino saying yay or nay. It is a collective between his team. And, and, and again, any brilliant leader, anyone will tell you in whatever walk of life, business, whatever, sport, any brilliant leader has fantastic people around them. In actual fact, if you walk into your boardroom and you are the most cleverest person in that boardroom, then you're doing something wrong because you need to have more clever people around you than you yourself. You know what I mean? It's assembling a fantastic team. So the reality is, if he's got four or five advisors, Daniel Levy and it's Potticino, and you've got um, the uh, the guys in recruitment, and you know, Jesus, it is a collective to say, mm. what's the risk here or what's the reward? Do we bring in a Cristiano Ronaldo? <laughs> do you bring in a Cristiano Ronaldo for 75 million or 100 million and pay him what he wants and all that sort of stuff because you know he's going to get you goals and blah 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 but does that then have a massive effect on the rest of the team like bringing in Ibrahimovic was 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 a genius if you like for Manchester United a couple of seasons ago become top scorer but did that then knock them off course as a collective, does that make sense? I, mean, I don't know whether it did or not, but look at the the, the, the the rough route that they've had to go through now since Ibrahim has left. So mm. you, you talked right at the beginning uh, of this section about um, you know a collective and uh, and Mauricio uh, um, Pochino putting his arm around players and getting the best out of them. That's what I think he does best, and I don't mm. think he wants people to upset the apple cart. No, it makes total sense. And when we're talking about a football club as a collective or a democracy, an important part of that is obviously the captain as well. And in just a moment, we'll be touching on Harry Kane, MBE. This is Love Sport. You're listening to the Spurs Fan Show on Love Sport Radio. And often we use our breaks, well, for various different things. Sometimes we have a chat, sometimes we switch off, sometimes we throw things at the wall but on this occasion we had a very focused break we were giving some loving weren't we Johnny we were talking about Harry Kane mm. and I was saying I cannot imagine what it's like to be a Spurs fan because I as a non-Spurs fan just love the man and today he's received his MBE for services to football after of course winning the golden boot at the World Cup but it's broader than that because he of course has been a very big part of Gareth Southgate's bringing not just good football back to England but a belief and a unity in that England football team. Very interesting comments from young Chelsea striker Tammy Abraham on Kane. He said, it goes to show, keep working hard, even if something doesn't go your way, just keep going again. He's had so many loans that probably haven't gone as well as he'd have liked, but he's one of the best strikers in the world now. Lee, I'm with you. Mm. I think he is the best striker in the world, bar none. 
How important is he, both as a footballer and as a man, for Tottenham Hotspur? Uh, he just he, he's so important. He's well, he's, he's priceless. He's irreplaceable. He's like wh- whatever else you want to say. I mean, he's one of our own. So you, mm. you can't. I don't think you can get much better. If, if Harry Kane wasn't one of our own, he would still be. We would still be um, lashing accolades on him like we are. But the fact he's also one of our own is utterly ridiculous. I love it. Um, to sing his name, to see him in in the pitch, and what, obviously we're on a Spurs fan show, so all of our listeners are you know majority of I suppose are going to be Tottenham fans. But what people don't see when they see him playing for England is what we see week in week out when he plays yeah. for Spurs, and he's just so much more. Even though we've all agreed that he's the best number nine in the world. Some of the balls he can play. Some of the yeah. passes he puts the through. The pass he pass. played for yeah. Jaden Sancho against Honestly. Czech Republic. He's not looking at the ball. He's not looking at the ball. He's not looking at Sancho. He's not looking at the defence. He knows exactly where that back line is. He knows exactly where the runner is. And he waits it perfectly. It's absolutely unbelievable. I'm a massive believer, and this is just my belief, but I'm a massive believer in working hard. I, yeah. I think that if you if I've you heard it work helps. hard, yeah, I know, but but you'll be surprised, right? I do a lot of I do a lot of work with colleges and universities and all that sort of stuff, and you know, do, do talks and this that, and the other. And there's so many people that don't don't get that concept. But there's mm. one thing that runs through every single successful person I've ever met in my life. There's one thing that, that is in common, and that is working hard. Yeah. You work hard, decide what you're going to do, work hard, then go and achieve. Yeah. And that's what that's what Harry Kane's done. He he works so hard at what he wants to be. He's identified, he's decided. I want to be that. He works hard at it, and now he's achieving it. I think he's an mm. absolute credit to English football. Yeah, for for someone like myself who's uh, very involved in uh, competitive sport. Even for me, in in a different sport, I'm a runner. You know, he is such a huge role model for me in the fact that you know he's he's faced so much adversity in terms of going out on loan, it not working, um, maybe not looking like he'd make the grade at Spurs, but he's kept on pushing through, and he's now the best striker in the world, as we've as we've all said. Um, so for me, it's just it's that it's that fact that he showed so much resilience um, to keep going and keep you know going for his dream of becoming the best and playing for Spurs. And, yeah, that's what I love about him so much. I think you're making an amazing point there about kind of that adversity piece and going out on loan. And um, I think Tammy Abraham in the, in the, in the article, uh, in his quote, said that as well. Like how many times he's gone out on loan. And, again, there's that, that, that ability to... That people taking the mick out of him or the way he talks sometimes yeah. or whatever it is. To be fair, just he, do, he does talk in quite an odd way. No, he oh. does talk. He does talk in a, in, in a weird way. So, so did Beckham, but we all love Beckham as well. But look, you know, it, 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 I think in society nowadays, it, you know, everybody's got an opinion with social media, and you can just put flash comments up there and this that, and the other. And to be able to just knock that to one side and go, this is what I'm doing. This is what I can do. He's a father. He's got two beautiful uh, girls. You know, the guy's mature. I mean, he's only 24 still. Yeah. You just think, what on earth? Like, this yeah. guy's got his best years ahead of him yet. I think the interesting thing is, before the break, you talked about kind of captain, Captain Kane. And, of course, he is for his country, but he's not for Spurs. Mm. And that's quite interesting. We've got the World Cup winning captain yeah. uh, that captains off our great football club. But we've also got a leader in Kane. And we talked before when we lost to Southampton and we lost to Burnley and I was questioning leaders on the pitch and have we got them, them leaders there. Kane is is that leader piece, and I, and I just wonder whether or not we, we're going to start seeing a different type of role with Harry Kane if we can mix up them signings and, and do something different. But he's a credit, no doubt. Does it bother you at all, at all, even slightly, that from the years of two thousand and one <laughs> to two thousand and two, 
Harry Kane was on the books at Arsenal. Does it bother any Wait. Arsenal fans at all, <laughs> even slightly, that they took our, our our prize possession in terms of Sol Campbell? It's you know, like it doesn't bother them. They well, shove it in our face. Yeah. So I mean, I wonder how they feel when he's ripping his mask off and celebrating a white hot lane. So I wonder how they're feeling right now. <laughs> that, so. that goal was absolutely. We Is that the one from obscenely out? wide, yeah. oh, it, and it was right down my throat. So I was <laughs> sitting right by that. I was in row six behind that goal. Literally, if the net weren't there, it would hit me in the face. Absolutely <laughs> Do you know what, outstanding. Yeah, I mean, fair, um, well, not fair play to Alexis Sanchez, but obviously I'll be Arsenal fans will be saying that, but I think that would have gone down as the greatest Spurs goal in history. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, yeah. I'm saying that right Game now. Game ended in a 2-2, didn't Just it? Just because it was... I think the importance... Is that better than even the Gaza free yep. kick against Arsenal? Well, I mean, oh, I, oh, I'll be commenting on that. But... <laughs> I mean, the, I mean, the, the Gaza free yeah. kick was outstanding as well, but I mean, that, that yeah. was... Um, yeah, it was an outstanding goal. Some, some of the goals we've had at the old White Hart Lane... I just can't see. I, I, I was going to say I can't see us not losing the game again, but I've already said that. But I, I can see how we're going to replicate that. I can see why everybody's saying that about our new stadium, and mm. you know that it feels like White Hart Lane, and we can get that. Oh, there's Harry Kane getting his uh, his just rewards on the TV now mm. with, so Prince William, with Prince William, who is still pretending to like football, which is <laughs> sort <laughs> of isn't charming. He the, isn't he the chairman or something? Aston yeah, Villa, the director of football or something. Yeah, like that, yeah. I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. Amazing stuff. Amazing stuff. So. We've we've had a bit of um, uh, you talked about uh, Son earlier, um, which he actually did score. Uh, you talked about him in the Davison Sanchez, but he actually did score in the game. Um, we've had a few Spurs players travelling around on international duty. Mm. Um, I think Christian Eriksen was absolutely again instrumental yep. in the three three draw, um, which was a bizarre game. I don't know if any of you saw the highlights. They were three 0 down, yeah. and they were ripping them a new one. And then new, uh, Denmark just come back. I think in the last five, six minutes, Christian Eriksen, one of the balls that you put through, it wasn't an assist, but the chance he created was absolutely mm. sumptuous. Mm. I was like, licking our lips against Liverpool for that. Outstanding. We talked about Eric Dyer um, limping off, which is, again, it's a bit of a bummer, Jamie, do you think? Yeah, I mean, it's just typical Spurs that we send these players off and they go and get injured. Um, I think another one we, we saw was Serge Aurier go off. Um, so yeah, very, very worrying about him. Um, and Trippier's already injured. Yeah, because I, I, I've seen signs from um, Sergio Aurier, We're very promising. So I, I do want to keep seeing more of him. I think the fullbacks are an area I speak very passionate about. I really get annoyed that they, there's no continuity and they, they keep swapping. So I do want to see more of Sergio Aurier and see what he can do. But um, yeah, is he injured? Up, have we got an update? Yeah, on so, that? So, so he's not. He's not playing. No. So, so it's not. Nothing's confirmed yet. But it's looking like two to three weeks out. Oh no! He's so he's proper, so. he's proper out. That's that's not great. Yep. Could be a chance for Carl Walker Peters, maybe. No, no I'm going to say <sighs> no. You're not a big fan, are you, at the I, moment? I, no, I, no. Yeah, I know. I don't mean that rudely, but you're not. You know, you're not convinced. I'm not. No, I'm definitely. I'm not convinced by him. I've, I've called for him many times to to come into the lineup. I um, I had a very random. Uh, I met him at a service station a couple of weeks back. Which fantastic. Was just the most bizarre thing. Him and Harry Winks were just there, and I'm just just going to the toilet, and the next minute. Got a picture with J- Harry Wings. J- and, Jamie's put he's 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 um <laughs> he's, he's putting this down. I'm going to tell you what really happened, right? So Jamie's walked up at his service station, right? Listeners, hunkle Follow, down, hunkle down. Following the tier. tracker that he put on <laughs> Carl Walker Peters. So so he's walked up at the service station, obviously to you know have a, a, a loo break or you know a washroom break or whatever. Mm-hmm. Carl Walker Peters and Harry Winks are there, so he gets a picture with them, and he finds out, right? He finds out that they've just gone and raided. The Pick-A-Mix. Oh, yeah. yeah. They've raided the Pick-A-Mix, right? So, Carl Walker-Peters gone back on his bus or the coach with a massive bag of Pick-A-Mix. All the players are tucking into his Pick-A-Mix. We're going to run. We'll play put four, uh, yeah. out of 12 points. We get one point. 
Yeah. Sweet game. It's pick and mix game. Yeah, pick and mix game. <laughs> as as long as, as, like it's that. true. True story, that. As yep. long as it's not lasagna. I did have to, yeah, I did have to, I admit, when I put the picture up on uh, Twitter, just because I was so excited, um, I did, I had to crop the sweets out of his hand because I think that's a bit harsh to put him, you know. The first Snitching thing, I, on him. Oh, yeah, well, I sent it to my, my mates and the first thing they're like, oh, he's got sweets. And I was like, oh. oh, but they should be allowed to yeah. have sweets. No, yeah, exactly. exactly. You've got to have the odds. That, it, so it was pick and mix. It was lasagna. Back in 2005 yep. at West Ham, and uh, was it 2005? It was 2005, I think. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And it's Sweet Gate, Pick a Mix Gate, <laughs> right? That's what we're calling it. Pick a Mix Gate. If we don't get in the top four, it was that Pick a Mix Gate. <laughs> Bloody we're, service. Station. We're blaming the Toffees and not, not the Everton ones either. <laughs> Coming up, we will be looking ahead to the different Liverpudlian side in the form of Liverpool and the fact that Spurs have done quite a lot of travelling over the international break. Could that get in the way? This is Love Sport. It's the Spurs fan show here on Love Sport Radio. And obviously every player, when they represent their nation, has to hop on a plane. or Almost always they hop on a plane, a bus, a ferry, whatever it may be. And they do quite a bit of travelling to face whichever country it is they're playing against. But even in the scale of international travelling, Spurs players have done a significant amount in this international break. They've done a lot more than any of their top six rivals. Do you think that's going to be a problem against Liverpool? Will, because I get tired whenever yeah. I go on like a one-hour train journey, <laughs> yeah. let alone flying across yeah. the world. Do you think we'll see this fatigue on the pitch? Um, it'd be interesting. I mean, I think the, the, the break that we've had, we've had what, three weeks off now, so I'm very interested to see how we're going to react to that. I mean, last time we had a break, we had 10 days off before Burnley, and that didn't quite go didn't, to plan, did didn't it? Didn't go well, did it? No, so, um, yeah, I mean... I think that certainly have somewhat of effect. We're going to have to be totally on our game. Needless to, I don't even need to say that. Um, the intensity is really going to need to be there. So I'm more worried about the three-week gap and, and the intensity still being there. But um, yeah, I think that that will, will be a slight effect, I think, the travelling. I think the key, the key difference here is a massive difference is that we are underdogs. Right? We, we were Before that Burnley game, we were three points, I think, behind Liverpool. And uh, going into that Burnley game saying, oh, we can put pressure on. We're now 15 points behind them. It's been an absolute shocker. Let's put a red line under it. We get it. And it's the business end of the season, like we said last week. Um, and I think Chris Carlin absolutely summed it up perfectly when he said, we need to turn up. You know, that, you know we have that we make sure that we, we, we're there. And, and I want to see like a, a Dortmund-esque if we need to defend, yeah. I want to. I want to defend like Dort- we did against Dortmund. And if we get the opportunity to uh, attack on a counter, I want to put these. I, I want to put them to the sword where we know where we know best. I don't want to be on the back foot per se. I want to have a plan. If we're going to play on the back foot and attack, counter attack them, I want to have a clear plan of how we're going to execute, yeah. like we did against Dortmund. Yeah. And if we go toe to toe with them. Um, like you know, that's the, our best our best foot forward and going toe to toe with them. Yeah. Then I want to make sure that we're ruthless and we and we have our chances against Southampton. We could have been four up, yes. but we weren't ruthless enough. We did, we'd just been waxing lyrical about how good Harry Kane is, and ironically he scored that game as well. But he he could have had a trick. And, and and the reality is, I don't want to be uh, critical of, of of them, but you've got to put your chances yeah. away in the Premier League. So if we get chances against Liverpool, we have to score them, and that's uh, so. Sh- basic and silly what I'm saying but it's true isn't it and actually no mistakes because the last time we played in Wembley it was mistakes and and a lot of a lot of the times we've been on the back foot or behind or even losing games or whatever is because of our mistakes it's not if Salah takes on five people and pings one on the top corner sometimes you just have to put your hand up and go 
Yeah. Well done. You know, like Wanyama's goal against him last season. I mean, it was just an utter rocket. Yeah. You can't do anything about that. You just have to go, wow, that's football sometimes. Yeah. But the reality is when, when Foyth gives the ball away or Dyer's header goes on for Man United win last year and you just... Is it, or somebody slips over or Danny Rose lets the ball go through his legs I mean come on guys you've got to switch on yeah. and make sure that we're we, you know we're at it and if we're at it we can beat them how relevant do you think that underdog status is going to be because it's a massive game for Liverpool obviously they're chasing a first ever Premier League title that's but, a great point John. Yeah. but it's an equally massive game for Spurs in the sense that you're there chasing top four yes they're chasing the title you're not yes they're arguably historically the bigger club but actually in terms of the significance of the game it's of equal importance for both teams mm. do you think they do go into it as favourites? I think they certainly do. They're certainly playing much better than we are at the moment. We're obviously not playing well at all either. Um, I think that, yeah, I I do think that that's going to have somewhat of an effect. And I think that we've seen in the past maybe Spurs um, struggle to kind of deal with that pressure. And there is huge pressure on us because we're going to be going in with Arsenal, Chelsea and United all hot on our tails. So I'm I'm very interested to see how we're going to be able to to handle that pressure but at the same time I think you make a great point I think that Liverpool there's huge pressure on them also so you know I I do think that going back to that Dortmund performance maybe playing in a similar style to that where we kind of uh, defend and go to frustrate and and we really silence the um, the the arena in Germany Um, so I think that that, that's probably the way that we should be going to approach the game in my opinion yeah, I, I don't disagree with that. I think we, we talked about it last week on the show and I think that, that Liverpool on their day are devastating. They can beat mm, anyone in yeah. the world without a shadow of a doubt. And, you know, <clears> fair play to them. And, and I think the rivalry from for, between the Spurs and the Liverpool situation has got to the point where Liverpool ain't won anything for, what, nine years, ten years, yeah. 11 years, whatever it is. You know, they ain't won the title for 30 years. Spurs are in the same situation. Liverpool have spent vast more amounts of money than what Tottenham have, um, even though people might take them up on net spend, but that is the reality. Um, and, you know, Liverpool traditionally are a much bigger club than Tottenham Hotspur. I'm not going to sit here and say anything different. They are. Let's, te- let's call it how it is, really. But the reality is they've got an amazing team they've got a great manager they've got an amazing uh home record that this season reminds me of the uh, the old white art lane uh in our in terms of our old yeah. records like we went unbeaten in the last ever game at, at white art lane and uh and and that they could they can do the same thing at anfield so it's yeah. a very very tough place to go and we already we well, i think we talked about it last week as well touched upon it about that kind of nastiness and the way that they welcome in the bus for city game and you know anyone that can destroy city let's be honest they, they yeah. they're, they're amazing yeah. and i think that's the <coughs> biggest issue with this tottenham side mm. and, and under pochettino and again i do think it's an attitude strength mentality thing mm. and having that belief if you walk out and think that you're already beaten and we talked about this last week you're going to get beat. You have mm. to go out there and think that you're going to win. And that's how they're going to change it around. And Potocino, under his stewardship over the last five years, we've now gone to most away grounds, tough, mm. tough places to go and got a result, or uh, sorry, and got a win. Um, and we haven't done that at Anfield yet. So yeah. is it on the cards? It could be on the cards. And as you say, Lee, you've got to go into it hoping to win. But Liverpool are a tough side. They are a side to be worried about. And coming up in just a moment, we'll be hearing the Liverpool side of things. This is Love Sport. 
You are listening to the Spurs Fan Show here on Love Sport Radio with me, Johnny Burrow. I'm joined in the studio by Lee McQueen of The Last Word on Spurs and Jamie Brown of The Daily Hotspur. And I'm delighted to say we're also joined on the line by Matt Addison, who is a journalist covering Liverpool for the likes of the Liverpool Echo. Good evening, Matt. Thanks very much for joining us. You confident going into this game? Evening, fellas. Yeah. Um, Evening, buddy. Certainly it's uh, a game to look forward to, I would say two top teams going at it and usually when Tottenham play Liverpool it's it's usually a good one to watch Matt sorry, sorry Matt it's Lee here how, how you doing buddy you okay hiya you okay yeah good um, can I ask you how do how do you as fans um, as, a, as, a, as a successful opposing club view Tottenham like, how, how do you view us? Because like, you just said there you know two top teams going at it in, in your view are we a top team? For me personally, absolutely, yeah. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. You just got um, a lot more think... popular in the room, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for me at the moment, I think Manchester City and Liverpool are, are certainly the top two in the Premier League. But for me, Tottenham are the third best team, and they're not a million miles behind, which, when you consider, obviously, the, the financial side of it and, and how much certainly Manchester City and, and to an extent Liverpool as well have invested. Uh, for, for Tottenham even to be in that equation is, is fantastic. Um, for me, over the last couple of years, Tottenham have, have kind of have been right up there at the top and a bit like Liverpool, really. There's, there's no trophies to show for it, but that, that's not necessarily the best measure of how good a team you are. For both teams to still be near the top of the table, still be in the Champions League at this stage, I think... Obviously, I'm, I'm going to say that Liverpool are, are better than Tottenham, but there's certainly not a massive amount in it. Cool. I think um, one player I'm going into the weekend, I'm absolutely terrified, is Sadio Mane. Now, i kind of seen all the praise has gone maybe elsewhere, the likes of Salah. Um, what, what have you made of his season? And do you think that maybe he's been slightly underrated this year? Yeah, uh, he's certainly an interesting one. I think most of the focus, as you say, has, has been on Salah. Um, and that's given Mane a little bit more license and a little bit more freedom to, to go and express himself. And he's managed to post his, his best season in terms of uh, Premier League goals. I think he, he's joint with, with Salah at the moment, something like something like that, right near the top of, of those um, of those tables. Um, and certainly the, the last month or so, he's, he's been absolutely electric. There's uh, a, a slight concern from a Liverpool perspective that he played on Tuesday night for Senegal, uh, slightly unnecessary, I would think, um, given it was a friendly. But uh, hopefully he can come back. He's not picked up any injuries or anything. Um, and certainly we, we'd imagine that he'll be a key player for Liverpool on Sunday. Obviously, Jamie's just said there that Sadio Mane is the most frightening danger man for Liverpool this weekend. When you as a Liverpool man look at this Spurs team, who is it that worries you? 100% it's Harry Kane every day of the week. <laughs> he, 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 always, he always seems to score against Liverpool. Um, he Liverpool scores against must... everyone, Matt. <laughs> that, that's true. That is true. Um, but, uh, yeah, Liverpool can't give him a chance because we know how clinical he'll be and certainly he's Tottenham's key man from, from my perspective. 
So is it down to the mighty Virgil van Dijk to, to keep Harry Kane quiet? I mean, I've seen Gomez is back in training this week. It's going to come too early for him, surely. I, I don't fancy this from a Spurs perspective having Gomez back, to be honest, because I do think that there is some potential frailties if we can if we can occupy Virgil somewhere else maybe up the other end of the pitch maybe um you know we, we could get at that uh, uh that defensive line so is it up to Virgil to, to keep Harry Kane quiet yeah I mean he, he's shown he can do it against the best um he's done it against Lewandowski and people like that this season um but certainly the, the main task will fall on Virgil van Dijk and probably Joel Matip alongside him who's not been doing too bad himself recently um, but yeah, you'd imagine that, that Harry Kane and, and those kind of players will try and keep themselves as far away from Van Dijk as possible and, and maybe target the full-backs or target Joel Matip. But uh, even if they get past the two centre-backs, Alisson, of course, in goal has, has done really well this season for us and made a huge difference. So it, it, it's going to be a tough task, I would imagine, which hasn't always been the case. Uh, Liverpool haven't always been defensively that brilliant, but certainly this season they seem to have tightened it up a little bit. Yeah, speaking about fullbacks, I know Trent Alexander-Arnold is, is a bit of a concern for Liverpool. I mean, is he a player that's going to feature on the weekend or is um, Klopp trying to keep his cards close to his chest? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that, that Trent will be able to play. Um, I know he's been missing from England duty, but uh, I'm pretty sure he'll be back. He'll be a, a key player going both ways, I would think. Obviously, defensively, um, that's his main task. But he's a big outlet for Liverpool as well in an attacking sense. Certainly, uh, at Anfield, he's allowed to get forward quite a lot, and some of his balls into the into the centre of the box can be can be really dangerous at times. He can quite often be one of Liverpool's underrated attacking threats. And so free kicks as well. He's good on the old free kicks as well, isn't yeah. he? Don't don't want to get him a free is, yeah. kick. In terms of his defensive yeah. partners, Matt, I just want to move back to Virgil Van Dijk because he is undoubtedly a superb defender. He's undoubtedly one of, if not the best, centre-halves in the Premier League. But we're seeing a lot of hype for young Virgil at the moment. We're seeing comparisons to Maldini, to Nesta, to some of the all-time greats. Where do you think he ranks? Do you think such comparisons are premature or are we actually dealing with the great centre-half of this generation? I think it's it's probably too early to say at this moment in time. I think we have to remember that he's only been at, at the top club now for for just over a year. Uh, you're doing a great that... disservice to Southampton there, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> but certainly in, in that last year since he's, he's stepped up to Liverpool, um, he has been fantastic. And he's for me, he's the best defender in the world at this moment in time. It's not just what he does himself on the ball uh, defensively, but it's how much he's improved the other players. I know you, you mentioned how impressed he's been with Joe Gomez recently. Mm. But I always wonder, you know, if Virgil van Dijk wasn't alongside him, would he be quite at the same level that we've seen him? And I'm, I'm not too sure that he would, to be honest. Um, I think Joe's a fantastic defender. But just having Virgil alongside him, he seems to bring the best out of not just his centre-backs, but the goalkeeper as well. And I think I mentioned Liverpool's defensive improvement. That's 99% down to Virgil van Dijk. Do you think the the pressure of you being in the title race and, and perhaps us being in the race of the top four now, do you think that's going to have an effect on the game? Possibly. Um, it might make it a, a cagey, cagey game, but um, Liverpool have been dealing quite well, I think, with the, the title race pressure and, and Tottenham have got themselves into the top four consistently. So you'd imagine that both teams are, are capable of 
of overcoming that and being able to, to get on with playing their own games. I think certainly the owners will do that with it being at Anfield. Um, it'll be down to those in red to step up and, and try and create, be on the ball a little bit more. Uh, and Tottenham will be able to, to counter-attack, which might actually suit you, to be honest. That's very true. But all eyes on Liverpool. Matt, it's been lovely speaking to you. But just before we let you get going, I'm afraid I'm going to have to put you on the spot with a school prediction. What do you think is going to happen? Yeah, I, w- I was thinking about this before. I think it's going to be tight. Um, I think I'm going to go 2-1 to Liverpool. Two one to Liverpool. He's a confident man, Matt. Thank you very much. Good Matt, to talk to you, Matt. Cheers, Matt. Matt Addison, there, who's a journalist working for the Liverpool Echo and others, covering the club that he loves. Confident man seems to know how Liverpool will set up. But in just a moment, we'll be looking at how Spurs should approach the game. This is Love Sport. It's the Spurs Fan Show here on Love Sport Radio, and we were hearing just a moment ago that Spurs could play against Liverpool on the break. They could sit back, soak up the pressure and hit them on the counter-attack. That's one option for Pochettino, but do you think that's the right one to take? Yeah, I do. I think we'll go back, bring it back again to the Dortmund game. I think that that's going to be how the way we're going to play. Um, I think a key player in, in doing that would be Hyung min Son. And obviously, he's been a bit off the boil since... Um, since Harry Kane's return. So I think that Sonny's going to have to be in real top form for us to be able to to play like that. Um, on that, do you think yep. they tread on each other's toes? Do you think for Son that the absence of Kane sort of gave him a bit more freedom, a bit more confidence, more space to operate in perhaps? Yeah, I do somewhat. But at the end of the day, they have played brilliantly together in the past. So I don't, I don't think there's an issue there. I think perhaps it was just Kane... Um, doing things slightly differently just because he wasn't quite as fit, He'd just come back from a long spell. So I think that that was perhaps the issue. Um, talking about another player who might be coming back from a long spell of injury finally is Deli Ali. Obviously came back against Southampton. Um, and yeah, it'll be he interesting. Looked, he looked great, see. didn't he? He looked fantastic mm. against Southampton. I think he ran out of steam, ran out of steam in the second yeah. half a little bit. Yeah. And um, for England, he's, he's looked he's looked good as well. He's, mm. he's got some minutes in his legs. Mm. Cliche as that again, that sounds. But I think I think both Jamie and I last week was on here talking about. I'm happy for the, obviously not happy yeah. that Eric Dyer got injured clearly uh, and uh, Serge Aurier, but we were quite happy with the England lads playing because we needed to get some yeah. some legs in uh, some minutes in their legs. Um, I agree. I, I think that it was a it was a little bit not of a coming of age, you know. You know when people say about uh, oh, we'll just give them a war chest. Like, what is a war chest? What are you talking about? <laughs> I don't like that stuff. So it's not a come of age, but but it was another um, development when we played against mm. Dortmund um, that we could defend in that way and we could we could we could set up in that way. And I, and I was uh, and I thought it was a magnificent performance. So I, I would I would absolutely look. If we if we play like that and walk away with one nil from Anfield, I'm very very happy. Um, I am a bit worried. I, I'm normally Mister Optimistic. I am a little bit worried. I think that Liverpool are a team that can get away from me very very quickly in a five or ten minute spell. It could be it could be disastrous, um, and I'm worried because we do have mistakes in the team, um, mm. and that's what we've got to eradicate. Yeah, I mean, I look at the the, the fullbacks areas, you know, likes of. Um... Davis and, and Trippier, so I'm very, I'll be very concerned about that sort of areas on um, on the, on the weekend. I think that those are going to be perhaps the areas that Liverpool really will will look to exploit us in. 
Um, I think the other interesting factor would be, um, you know, we we played a back four against Southampton. It's whether we go back to that back five, which we played against Dortmund. So mm. I'm, I'm interested in uh, in that respect, kind of what we're gonna we're gonna go with. So um, yeah, I think that that'll be the interesting. I think I think the other thing for me with, with with the approach to the game and you know who plays. I mean, I've said it on this show many a times, and I'll say it again. I know Liverpool's front three are great, and so are City's, but I think we've got the best front four in the Premier League. Yeah. You've got Kane. Ericsson, Son and Deli Alley all playing, all firing. I think they are at, at times they can be unplayable. So if we can get that mix right, I think the, for Tottenham to win the football match on Sunday, everything needs to be yeah. click into place. It needs to be a perfect performance, like like the Dortmund, like we've had, we've had them, we can do it. Like mm. so, I'm confident in that way that we can. But it needs everything needs mm. to click. One mistake, one one. Uh, one thing's out of place. If we, if if some of them players turn up with a ninety percent attitude rather than a hundred, was I say earlier? One hundred twenty-five. Was your, your yeah, personal yeah, record? My personal record. <laughs> if, if, they, if they don't, if they don't turn up with absolutely switched on and a hundred percent in in the zone, then 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 we get beat. I think that's that's how important it is. Obviously, you talk about how good the Spurs attack is. Is that something that you'd still like to see strengthened with a transfer war chest in the summer? Oh, a war chest. There you go with your links, Johnny. <laughs> Um. Yeah. Look, I think. I think yes. I think for for me, the 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 issues that we've had this season have been defensively. And I, yeah. and again, I, I'll yeah. say it again. And I keep saying that I've said it loads of times. I don't want to bore the listeners, but but you've got to take this into consideration. We played thirty matches in the Premier League, and and in twenty eight different occasions, we've changed that oh. back four or five goalkeeper. You know, mm. combination. Who is that the is, best? Yeah. In terms of if, you, if everyone were fit and you were able to make the decision of who the back five Great question. should yeah. be against Liverpool, so should we're go, talking go against a pacey position, position because I'm yeah. sure okay. we're we're probably so, we're most fine. So, so we'll start right, we'll start in net right. Oh, well, goal, goal keep, goal keep, oh, well, right, right, So we're both yeah. yeah. Left back, well, left back. Danny Rose, hundred percent, hundred percent. Danny Rose, hundred percent. Centre half. I think it'll be Davinson Sanchez first or Vertonghen if we want to go. Okay, so pick two centre halves. Oh, so, so are you playing? Are you playing a back four? Or are you playing back three? Would you Would you play a three or? A f- uh, on On the weekend, I play. I play back. Uh, back five. I, yeah. Okay, so let's have three centre halves. <laughs> okay, so Sanchez, yep. Alderweireld, and um, Vertonghen. Again, no uh, argument. And assuming they're fit, we know they're not. But assuming they are, who starts at right wing back? Sergio. Or, yeah. Oh, right. Okay. So hang on. Yeah. This then brings us to another question, doesn't it? Because we've got two Spurs fans, two highly passionate, highly knowledgeable Spurs fans here. Clueless Spurs fans. <laughs> but there you've been asked to pick your back six and there was no messing from either of you. There was no deliberation. There was not even any disagreement or debate. You went, this is our best yeah. team. If it is the case that that is the best lineup and it is that straightforward, why do you think Pochettino is tinkering? This is This is what I just cannot fathom because I think the one thing that... That many teams, many great teams, rely on is the con- continuity. And Spurs in defence have lacked that this season uh, so many times. I, I think that's been our biggest issue what? this year. And a lot of people talked about fatigue, yeah. and a lot of people talked about central midfield, and they've got their own problems. I get all of that, but so many fans will agree yeah. and nod when we're hearing about the fullback situation, it's, or whatever. Hmm. It's the defensive unit. Hmm. You know, the, we just talked to to, to to Matt before about um, you know Virgil Van Dijk. They they haven't had a massive change in that back four five. Mm. Yes, they've had uh, Matip, uh, uh, Joel Matip in and out, and they've had Gomez, who's obviously still injured and and whatever. But one centre back changing, but the other three plus goalkeeper solid every every week. It's the same. It's the same. And then Virgil Van Dijk 
um, is the kingpin of all of that. When, when in the sixteen seventeen yep. season, when we challenged Chelsea, yep. we had the best defensive record in the Premier League, mm-hmm. bar none, and we we were consistent with Walker, Rose, Vertonghen, and Alderweireld, yep. and Lloris in goal, and it was bang, it was bang, and you know it was. A, but what, where we always changed was our fullback, sorry, but we were very consistent in 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 the other three in terms of a linchpin. You can't say that this season. Yeah. I've just told you the stats. 28 times different. Well, I think the thing is, we say they are rubbish, but it's very hard to, to criticise, harsh to criticise a player when they're you know constantly being brought in and out the side. So I think in that respect, I I don't I really can't understand Pochettino's thinking behind keeping changing the fullbacks. It's something that he's always done. Um, to be fair, um, but yeah, I mean I, that for me has been our one of the biggest issues for me this season, just changing the fullbacks because I really don't feel like I've seen enough of Serge Aurier. Um, and don't feel like I've seen enough of Danny Rose either. So. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, look, I'm not telling Poch how to do his job. No, Absolutely no, no, not no, doing no. that whatsoever. No. But it is a, it is a, it is a baffling one for me. I think, I, I think that I will go with same as James. Just, just uh, for the for the point of balance, <coughs> if we're playing a back four, who is our best back four? Would you just mm. drop out of them same five? You just drop Sanchez, Sanchez out and, yeah. and go yeah. with that. Yeah. Uh, the only thing I would say on that, and you're going to give me pelters, at Lee McQueen, if you fancy, on Twitter. <laughs> or 02087025558, um, <laughs> if you'd like to shout at him in person. <laughs> you can do that, of course. So great, great stuff. But um, Trippier, I think, plays better in a back four than he does in a back five. Yeah. I don't think he's a wing back, no. uh, per se. I think he's more of a full back. Um, but look, I think that we probably do need some upgrades. I know Jason will be listening and think and shouting Wambasaka, and and I think we'd sure all well. have a bit of well, but Wambasaka. I think yeah. Danny Rose, yeah, look, Danny Rose was having a fantastic time, and then he done that against Southampton. And you just think this is a concentration issue. Yeah. You know, this is just a one element. You know, if he, if he, you know, what, why, why are you letting yourself mm. let the ball go? And you know, you've got to be on it against Liverpool because Southampton. Any team, it's why Premier League's best uh, best league in the world because you get punished at any level. Any team, you will get ripped a new one uh, from Liverpool if we make mistakes. Mm. Got to be on it. Yeah. Well, it's that time in the show where we find out how you think it is going to go. We've heard about their lineup. We've heard about the danger men. Mane is in form. Salah slightly off the boil, which mm. could actually do Spurs a favour. But I've got to put you on the spot and ask you for your score predictions. Mm. How do you think it'll go, Jamie? I, I really do. Th- I can't. It's very difficult to call. I think both sides are going to be fantastic for a neutral. It's going to be a brilliant game. Um, I'm going to go for a repeat of last season. I'm going to say 2 all. 2 all and Lima Queen. <sighs> I don't... <sighs> I don't disagree too much. I'm so I, I I can't back against my team, so I'm not going to say that we're going to lose. I think that it will be a draw. I think it will be one-one, um, which I would probably take yeah. if I'm honest. But nah, we're going to win. Come <laughs> on, you Spurs! We're going to take him down. Yeah, two. Exactly. I'll do the reverse of what Matt said. He said two-one Liverpool. I'll go two-one Spurs, but I'll take a draw. Two one Spurs, but you take a draw. Ever the businessman, Lee. Well, ever, of course. Ever the, hedging my bets. Ever the negotiator. Important game, of course, psychologically as well. I mean, if Spurs get a big win, that's a huge boost for you, equally for Liverpool. And actually, the one added aspect to this game is for Spurs, you could be able to say that you were the team who derailed Liverpool's title charge. It's something we'd all like to be able to say. Join us next week on the Spurs Fan Show to see if that comes true. Thank you. 
Thanks for downloading this podcast from Love Sport Radio. For more, go to lovesportradio.com for all the latest podcasts, news and views. Or for more, follow us at Love Sport Radio on Twitter. Sports Social Podcast Network. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.